Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of Candy Corn Cinema. We're here today with uh, Chris Ingle and myself. We're here to talk about Inglorious Bastards and the A-Team. And why don't we just jump right into Inglorious Bastards because both of these films have a great big list, big cast, big uh, big story, big plot points. I think we should just get right into it. So uh, Inglorious Bastards is Quentin Tarantino's take on World War II, what, what he thought should have happened, basically. Uh, Chris, what, what did you think coming into this, coming into this one? Um, I, okay. So I, I'm no, I'm, I'm always mixed on Quentin Tarantino, like his early work. I, it's blasphemous. I know I don't like, um, I, I don't like Pulp Fiction. I don't like Jackie Brown, Reservoir Dogs. It's not my thing. I just, okay. it doesn't work for me. Um, starting with the Kill Bill movies, all of a sudden I started to get Quentin Tarantino more yeah. and going into Inglorious Bastards. I enjoyed it so much because it really was uh, like a like a B movie war film, yeah, and it plays so well, and it's 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 a lot of fun. And what's really great about this film is is it's two stories going on at once. Then nice parallel converging stories right, that, that mm-hmm. tra- go into each other. I love the chapter yeah. breakdowns for it, the the delineation between them, and how how long they how 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 long we sit in some of these scenes. Mm-hmm. Like the opening scene is twenty minutes. And it's there's only the slightest bit of action right at the end, but it's all tension the entire scene. Yeah, no music. I mean, yeah. just real quiet, real. Well, you know, I was, and- I was looking up the music. Speaking of that, I was trying to like figure out because, as we'll talk about the A team later, I was trying to find the composer for this for the for Inglorious Bastards, and there's no composer that I can find for Inglorious Bastards. So, so there is kind of a half composer, it's, it's, it's uh, strange, and it's a good yeah. choice. Yeah, it's Ennio Mar- uh, Morricone. Yeah, he, um, he has four tracks for the film that he ended up having mm-hmm. because he got committed to another film. So he has right. four tracks that are in here, and then Tarantino takes a few others. He takes a, a David Bowie song, and he takes a couple yeah, other and songs. Yeah, and for those that aren't familiar with Morricone's work, um, pretty much the the idea of spaghetti western music, as you would think it, uh, the 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 good, the bad, and the ugly, the stringent. Yeah, that's all Morricone. Uh, so this has that style, and it carries over too because he uses Morricone again when he does. Uh, actually, now he's done three. Uh, three with Marconi. Uh, right after this, he does um, uh, Django Unchained, and he heavily uses him there. And then Hateful Eight, uh, he also uses him there as well. So Marconi knows kind of this style. This is his his genre of music. But he is not the only one. Uh, but this is where Tarantino isn't a composer, but he is a really good guy at telling a story in a broad picture. He'd be a like, great music this, supervisor. Like he'd be a great music if he if he wasn't mm-hmm. a director and a writer and stuff like that. He his his soundtracks for his films are always on point. Like he can pick. Yeah, and movies. I wouldn't be surprised if it's him picking the music. I oh, would not surprise yeah, think, me at I'm all. I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure it's all him. <laughs> the way the way he handles oh, yeah. his films, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. So yeah, as we hinted at the very beginning, we open up in Paris, and we open up with a a French family getting a visit from one of the best performances. I've seen in my entire life from somebody I didn't know going into this film. I had never seen mm-hmm. this person in a film before. I, I watched this. I was on a trip down to the, to the States. I live in Canada. So I was on a trip down to the mm-hmm. States when this film came out and we watched this in the theaters and I had no idea who, who uh, uh, Christoph Waltz was. I had no idea. He was brand new to me and he blew, it blew my mind. He is, he is a very, 
charismatic, scary man, but he, and he's not imp, he's not imposing. He's not like a huge muscle-bound figure, but you're afraid of him. He he has that air of power oh, yeah. to him. This is a guy who has been acting. He's Austrian born uh, and he's been acting for a long time, not like heavy, but he's been around. Uh, but he really doesn't get noticed here in America uh, until this film. Yes. This was this by far was not his first American film, but by far this is what he got noticed for. Uh, it was not the first time I saw him. First time I saw him was two years later in the Green Hornet, uh, and then Water for Element uh, Elephants. He did three, four movies uh, in 2011. All boom, 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 boom. So 2011 was his marquee year. But this is the year he comes in and he plays uh, uh, Colonel Hans Landa, mm-hmm. and he is just one of the most terrifying men you will ever meet. And yet, it's it's very Hannibal Lecter with a smile. Yeah, well, it, that's what pipe, it The of. pipe gag is one of my is one of my favorites. Oh. Like, it's like, do, do you mind if I smoke my pipe? And it's like, of course, it's your house, right? It's like, and then it's like, London's like, do you mind if I smoke my pipe? And he pulls out this thing that looks huge like Marshawn. Like it's yeah, it's 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 literally comical. Like, it is too big to be a usable pipe. Like, it's it's for show, right? Like, it's this thing of his, and I and I. Mm-hmm. I love his performance. He's he's a methodical villain for us. He he knows what's going on. He is a detective. He is an investigator. He is he's, he's um he has a <laughs> he very much is uh, which the Marshawn Pipe kind of works. Yeah. He is known as the Jew Hunter. Mm-hmm. That is what he is known for, and it's interesting because at the beginning of the film, uh, he asks uh, uh, Shoshana's father. Uh, it's not Shoshana's you, father. It's uh, Pierre Lepetit. Uh, they're, they're, they're the neighbors. Yeah, that's sh- yeah. that's sh- no, that's Shoshana's. Oh, you're right. No, you're Shoshana's right. You're right. Sorry, Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No uh, you, you're right. Uh, but no, he asked the father. Um, yeah. You know, do you know what they call me? Yeah, but I don't care. But what do they call me? It's like he's he's leading him in there. And he says this is a Jew hunter, and he's like, you know, uh, like a lot of people, you know, they don't like their names. They don't. But you know what? I love mine. Yeah, we're led to believe he likes this nickname until the very end, where it where it's revealed where he he really he hates it. He's not, and he's, he's not a fan. so methodical. Mm-hmm. He's just he he leads you into a false sense of security, and you feel very uncomfortable with him. Uh, and he doesn't let up ever. No. He you you know the tension and the thing is it's not the first time in the film that he will do this kind of behavior <laughs> he will do it again and again and you will feel that tension every damn time and Quentin Tarantino does a great job with the actors that he's opposite when they're in this confrontation mode where he gives you those eyes he lets yeah. you look at these people's eyes and you almost, it, it's like the cartoon, you know, where like the, the cartoon n- character knows something's going to happen. They go, Whoop. you know, it's <laughs> almost like that. They don't do that physically, but in the eyes, yeah. you can see it. That oh, the shit pupils moment. dilator. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, <sighs> yeah. So in, in that opening scene, it kind of sets up uh, one of our main characters. He ends up killing. There are Jews that are hiding underneath the he, floorboards he in this house. That there are Jews under the floorboard and he, he, he calls, he fake calls his uh, petite's daughters in, La Petite's daughters in, and it's really his soldiers. They shoot the floor, 
and basically they miss. They get everybody but Shoshana Dreyfus, who and she runs, runs and she runs as fast as she can, and Alonzo um, uh, goes outside <laughs> and it, he's grinning like the Joker. No yeah. joke, he's grinning and he points <laughs> his Luger at her. And, and that you, you you're waiting. He's gonna shoot, and he pulls it back up, and he's like, "Oh, of course, Shoshana!" And he's smiling like this is the hunt for him, and he's gonna go after her. It's the game. Um, and the, yeah, and that ends. And that's the other thing too. This is this follows a Tarantino standard in terms of chapters and mm-hmm. a little bit of disassociation at times. I would say overall, in terms of his films, this is a little bit more linear than some oh, yeah. of the others. Yeah. Well, and it, uh, I think it follows mostly, if I'm remembering correctly, it does follow like a straight timeline. I don't think there's too much mm-hmm. jumping back. They they like flashback from time to time. Like they, you might like you might be thinking that a part is a flashback, right? Like some of the uh, like when we get to Fastbender scene and stuff like that. That that could be before, right? Like that that's like very well could be two months before they they set off for the operation yeah. and stuff like that, but. For the most part, mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty linear, and it's not kind of like it's not trying to. Me- He's not like like earlier Tarantino films like felt like he was trying to use the medium to mess with you a little bit, right? Like trying to use film itself to mess with you. And here it's, he's using it to enhance his story. It seems more like he's, he's really like just really into the film. What's great about his character too, is we get that for that first 20 minutes, we get that feeling. And then we don't see him again until the second half of the film. Yeah. He's gone. We don't see him at all. Uh, and then through the next time we meet Shoshana, basically. Yeah. Right. So then we we bounce back and forth. So at this point, we we go. We meet. The, uh, we how many meet years Aldo in the future? Rain. No, we go straight to Aldo Rain. Yeah. We go straight to Aldo Rain. Because I, I thought it jumped ahead in time, and then we met we met the bastards. No, I think it just cuts right to Aldo Rain. I think it's I think it's it says 1944, but like I mean, I think it's basically like. I think later on it says Shoshana is living in there for six months in Paris for six months is about. I thought it was six years because she grew years. she grew up. Oh, I guess. Yeah. No, bit. I guess it'd be eighteen and yeah, yeah. That's yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Because it was during, I mean, his history moment. Um, the the letter part is during oh, forty one, the, the okay, forty one, uh, and then forty four. So yeah, so it's three years later. Three yeah. years. Okay, yeah. Because I know it's during the the uh, Nazi occupation of France, mm-hmm. and they're they're doing their walk. Basically, their walk through, their charge through. So, um, but yeah, we we get to the bastards pretty quickly after that twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and, intense. And Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt, one of Brad Pitt's best characters ever. He's like, he's hilarious to me. In a very so, weird he's way, so he's in totally his character. Funny. I love it. I love it. He's like he. It, there's a point I, where I really just started to laugh at him. Where um, and and we'll get to the scene. But he he says, "I speak I speak the best Italian here." And then these other two guys. Now here's the thing. We go into the next scene. And the other two actually speak really good Italian. <laughs> and him, he, he's like, I'll speak Italian. It's Italian. <laughs> and it's, it's like the most Southern stereotype of trying to speak Italian. Yeah. And it's hilarious. But he's that kind of quirkiness, quirky yeah. nature. But this guy is where, where, um, where, um, uh, Christoph Waltz is methodical and menacing and just manipulative and and leaves you on that false sense of security, but yet that uncomfortable. Brad Pitt and his men do the exact opposite. They make you feel uncomfortable, but they're straightforward about it. Yeah, they go out you with gore, 
with no holds, with everything right off the bat. Uh, and Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt has a quirk. Why don't you tell the people about Brad Pitt's quirk Brad, for Brad, his victim? Well, Brad Pitt has a a debit. You take on a debit when you join his when you join his squad. You you need to give him one hundred Nazi scalps, and he will get his scalps, and you will give him his scalps, and, mm-hmm. and just. Oh man, and and when you you of, see them when you scalping that scene, I love like oh it's so it's so gnarly. I love I I love gore stuff in in film because like because I know it's fake, right? Like that's the thing, right? Like you can love it because it's fake. It grosses you out, but mm-hmm. like I, it's just it's gross. But it's like oh man, that those and then the other thing he does is in his interrogations. Um, People who he lets live, he, he asks them an interesting question. You know, when you're done with this war, are you going to go home and still wear that Nazi uniform? And everyone says, well, well, no, no, I'm not. And he's like, see, that's where I have the problem. And he's like, when you take off that uniform, no one's going to know that you're a Nazi. But you know what? They need to know the Nazi. So I'm going to give you something. That you can't take off, and he takes out a Bowie knife or a Buck knife, I, I mean, it's, whatever, it's big, old, big old knife. It's it's bigger it's than any Bowie knife I've ever seen. <laughs> and he he carves a swastika into their forehead. And we get to see exactly how he does it at the end of the movie too, and it's oh, gnarly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. But that those two things are his quirks, and like he's he's a mutilator. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who does not care. His job is to go in. And kick some ass. Yeah. That's what his job is. Yeah. And when we get introduced to them, like with the with the scalping and stuff, we get introduced. This is one of my favorite scenes. So, is this is the bear Jew, like the bear Jew scene mm-hmm. is introducing introducing him through this hallway. The the, the nice echoey back coming down and the music. I love yes. the build up to it. Him him talking to the Nazis like, "Do you get that for killing Jews?" Right? Is like no for bravery. And it's just it's, and then as soon like. Cutting the music as soon as he makes the contact, all the all the bastards laughing and it is like you you you're pulled back into the moment of yes this is this is still horrible like he's beating somebody to death you're you're propping it up into this moment until you smack him actually in the head and it comes back to earth for everybody. So one of the things to know about the, this this movie and these characters too is that this is uh, so this is loosely based on an Italian film by. Almost the same title. It's spelled differently, but it's almost the same title, which is also based on The Dirty Dozen. Now, if you know anything about The Dirty Dozen, it really gives you an idea of what the characters of the bastards are like. These are, you know, these are guys that, though they are part of a group to do the right thing, they're doing it in all the wrong ways. You know, this is war. This is the the whole idea of I want my scalps that kind of gives you the character of these guys right away. You know, so... You're also introduced we to get Hugo, those. Hugo Stiglitz. We like you get these introductions yes, in there, and and one of like one of my favorites is when they're in the prison scene. The, you got the 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 German officer sitting there reading reading the newspaper, and then just one of the bastards runs really fast across the across the across the stage and just shoots shoots them all, and they all and they all die. And it's just super fast and quick, and they they pull Stiglitz in, and it's just it's great an economy of storytelling, a great economy of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Tarantino has whittled things down to, you only really like need to see what, what he wants you to see. Like there's all you need to see. But then he begins this process of bouncing back and forth between two stories. So 
that's just chap chapter two is just introducing the bastard, which is so cool. Chapter three, we are introduced to Shoshana. Uh, she is not Shoshana. She has been hiding in France. Um, she is now, uh, she owns a cinema that she claims her aunt left her. Whether that's true or not is irrelevant. Uh, but she's hiding under the guise of a French uh, 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 a French identity. Emmanuel. Um, so she's in, Emmanuel, yeah, Emmanuel. Uh, and so she's in the middle of uh, of Nazi occupied Paris, uh, and a young uh, a young uh, a German soldier comes up and flirts with her outside, and she's rejecting his th his his advances. But he's he's kind of charming. He, he really until the very ending, he's super, a charming guy. He's he I oh that he's such a like it's such a great predatory role. Like Daniel Bruhl is great in this role, and this is another one of the German actors that got a great push out of this movie daniel Bruhl, because mm -hmm. since then he's been in rush and captain america like he's like he's he's gotten a career out of out of being brought into american cinema and i love it because it's like here it's like yeah he's you, he's charming but like under it all there's always this like really weird predatory behavior of his right because he can't take no for an answer he won't take mm -hmm. no for an answer like even when he invites her later like he invites her to mm -hmm. she has no idea that he's inviting her she thinks she's getting taken <laughs> yeah so this um this soldier we come to find out this soldier is is a war hero but he is also an actor he has been hired by German propaganda to be the idea of the ideal German soldier. This is the hero. This is, you know, and they make a film about uh, a, a war event that he either did or didn't do. We we really don't know. But let's just assume for a second he did. He he was a sniper and allegedly he killed a couple hundred men, yeah, was it, over like, three days? It was like, yeah, like 30 the first day, 100 and something the second day, 60 yeah. the third day, or 60 the first day, 30 the last day, mm -hmm. something like that, yeah. Um, but. He, what he wants to do is um, the head of German propaganda is about to display this film, which is supposed to be this grand gesture of German cinema and and German power all all into one. Um, and everybody's going to be there, including the Fuhrer. But this guy is insisting because he's hitting on this girl that the smaller cinema would be better. It's smaller. It's more elite. We don't have to have the riffraff. We can do it here. And Shoshana is, I, I'm going to call her Shoshana, yeah. just yeah. her real name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she is resisting this guy in all the polite ways that she possibly can. <laughs> as, she doesn't want to be with him. As a German and as a, as a hidden Jew in a France-occupied Germany, right? Mm -hmm. Or German-occupied France, like, yeah. holy crap. And <laughs> it makes her nervous. Uh, but what tops this off is she's, she's forced into a car by, uh, by a German SS. And she thinks, oh shit! And she's taken to a restaurant where the where the the young uh, soldier is there, and the uh, head of of propaganda it's and his so translator. Uh, they're all having lunch and and enjoying, and uh, the 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 young soldier is insisting that this be done, that her cinema be at the, be the premiere choice, and she doesn't even get a chance to kind of refuse because she's afraid she's going to be found out. Yeah. Well, we find out that the head of security who walks up behind them is Christoph Waltz. And the time. moment, again, the eyes, the eyes are great in this because he focuses in on her and she has a freak out. She doesn't freak out yeah. out here, but you see it in the eyes. You almost see the sweat coming yeah. down. And he, you don't know if he recognizes her or not. 
You have no idea because he sits down and they're they're talking business. He orders everyone. Milk. <laughs> he orders milk. It's yes, because like, he orders milk in the in the opening scene. He he asks for a glass of milk from the dairy farm, right? And then for for a drink, he orders her milk with a strudel. And it's like that is like one of the clear one of like the biggest pieces of evidence that he could know that this is mm-hmm. Shoshana. And it's like um, oh. and it gets close too because he's sitting there. What happens is. Uh, he says, I'd like to talk to her alone. Panic moment right there, as we as the audience are going, oh shit. Uh, and he's doing the same thing, kind of, that he did with uh, there, with yeah. the neighbor's father. Same thing, where it's that false sense of security, but the panic is still there. And it builds and builds and builds, and he's staring at her, and he's asking her one question after another, and he seems so happy and so kind, but yet menacing. Like, mm-hmm. she, they bring the strudel there, and it's like, oh, oh I forgot to order the cream. And she goes she to him, he's like, no, not <laughs> until we have the cream. But it's this moment like, you're, and then you're, he smiles. You're again. so right with your when you mentioned Hannibal Lecter a couple minutes ago. Like you're you're mm-hmm. like it's like I can't get that out of my head now. Like it's so dead on, right? It's that charming, like that yeah. charming evilness, right? Like that that oh yeah. Yeah. And, and he's looking at her, staring at her, uh, and then and then he goes, I have one more question for you, and then the cream comes. Yeah. Uh um, and they begin eating, and he's back to it, and he looks at her and goes, But you know what? Right off, I can't remember what it is. Addy smokes a quick cigarette, puts it out in the in the cream, in, like, and then the best leaves. Looking strudel I've ever seen. Like I will say, like we got to take a second to appreciate how good <laughs> that strudel looks. Like, oh man, I was so hungry watching watching this again. Like it's a good, it's, it's food porn. It's a great food looking, Like I love uh, it. one of the best shots. She, she makes the decision to allow this to happen. Like she had a choice. It has to happen. Yeah. Um, she has a black lover who he is a French black lover. Um, she makes the conscious decision. She has, uh, she has over hundreds, hundreds of film canisters that are filmed with nitrate. film that is a uh, silver nitrate. And this stuff is ex- three times as flammable as, as Samuel L. Jackson will tell you in the middle of the film. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, it's like three or six times or something like that. Yeah. It's crazy. So she, she comes up with a plan to burn the theater down with everyone in it, including the Fuhrer. Everyone is there. She is going to burn it down. So that is her plan. Okay. Then we go back to, uh, then we go to England in the next chapter where we meet Michael Fassbender and a great cameo by Mike Myers. And Mike Myers is a And Rod Taylor as Winston Churchill. Like, unrecognizable. And in his last film role as as Winston Churchill, Mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, We find out that the British and the Allies have a plan. They know about, they don't know about the switch yet, but they do know that this film is coming. And they want to go ahead and blow up the cinema to kill everybody. So they have a similar plan that Shoshana does. Uh, Michael Fassbender is going to be the point man. He plays a British soldier. He plays uh, a British film critic who became a soldier. Like it's like I love I love that like Tarantino like made like a film critic one of like the main like protagonists of 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 this movie like coming in. So they send they send him into the into the lines to meet their contact, who is uh, a German actress living in France at that point, uh, of, of Van Hammersmark. Uh, Van Hammersmark? Van Hammersmark, yeah. yeah. Played by, uh, amazingly, by Diane Kruger. 
Like, holy mm-hmm. crap, she's great. He's to meet her uh, and her contact guys, and she'll get him and his men into the, the premiere to blow it up. Uh, and, of course, the, the men to help are going to be the bastards. They're, they're going to be the ones to help facilitate this process. Now, at this point, I, I got to say, this is what I think is the best be- best setup scene yeah. in the entire film. Yeah. So Fassbender goes into this tiny well, even bar. Before that, even before that, we get a great exchange before they go into the bar with Ray, Aldo Rain and Fassbender talking about like why would she set us up in a bar? Like why in a basement? Like 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 I don't have to be smart to know I don't want to fight in a basement. <laughs> like <laughs> so, pitching a motor a little bit. Uh, but like, the plan yeah. the plan is that Michael Fassbender. Uh, Hammersmark and two uh, two, two of the, the bastards who speak. Yeah, the German. Yeah, they're German Austrian, and which German, is Stiglitz yeah. and, and uh, um, one of the other guys. Winko, Winky, Winky, Wiki, Wiki. I can't remember. Wilhelm Wiki. Wilhelm. This Wiki. is the problem too with this film is there's so many people I lose track of who's who. Well, and honestly, there's <laughs> the, that's the thing is like the the ensemble while it's great they're not they're not fleshed out very much they're pretty much it's it's. Aldo Rain is pretty much like the big the big yeah. guy, right? And it's mm-hmm. like Stiglitz kind of, but then we lose Stiglitz in this scene coming up here, right? Yeah. So it's not like so it lasts very long. They go into this bar to set up. So um uh Fassbender and the two guys, they're dressed as Nazi soldiers. Yeah. Okay, as officers. Yeah. They're dressed as officers. Yeah. That's important. Captain They go into the bar. Now, the bar is supposed to be empty. It's <laughs> not. There is a group of enlisted German soldiers who are celebrating the birth of a, of one of their one of their men's baby? Yeah. They were given the night off, yeah. and so they're celebrating with Van Hammersmark, and they're playing um like a, heads like heads up. Yeah, it's like a card <laughs> game where you write like a famous person on your head, and you have to guess like a bunch of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I've played versions. We've all played versions played, of that. I've only ever point. played that once. I think I, I'm not. It's not a game that like we. They're hanging out. They're getting rowdy. Everything's going great. Everyone's having a good time. Then uh, Fassbender and his men come in, and he's kind of pissed because it's supposed to be empty. Those men are not supposed to be there. Yeah. Uh, and they come in, and he's pretending to be a German officer. He's getting pissed, and the tension is starting to build. The tension keeps yeah. building. And the thing with this scene is, like, everything seems innocuous at first. These guys are partying. They're getting rowdy. But then a German officer who's hiding around the corner, he's sitting there reading. Well, it's not even that. He's just... Because uh, cause, uh, Wilhelm gets, they finally get Bridget von Hammersmark away, right? And then Wilhelm, Wilhelm, the guy who has a kid, is too drunk. And he approaches the table of officers, right? The table of what he thinks is German officers. And he starts trying to interject himself, eventually sitting down at the table. And Michael Fassbender's character gets, gets like, he breaks and he, like, like, starts yelling at this guy, basically, right? And yelling loud enough that this officer that you mentioned can hear him sitting in the corner, this SS major that comes out. And he says, like, well, you don't have to tell him where your accent is from, but you have to tell me because I definitely outrank you. And then the tension starts ramping up from there even more. And it keeps building and keeps building. Now, okay, this is another, this is a good thing about the film that I really like. The, the film switches between English, French, and German quite frequently. There's so much subtitle in this film. I love it. Yeah, uh, and I'll I'll say it's handled very well. It's not confusing, uh, um, as long as you're you're watching the subtitles, it it keeps you 
into it pretty well. Very rarely do they speak a language and don't tell you what they're saying. And if yeah. it's not there, it's they'll, somebody's translating. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they get to this point where it's building up and you think he's going to call out Fassbender. Yeah. At, uh, oh, no, no. And then he gives up. Yep. He finally is like, you know what? Okay. Let, you know, I'll tell you what. You're out of drinks. Let me get you some more drinks. How many were you drinking? This is where Fassbender screws up. This is a famous scene. So he holds up three fingers. Now, in Germany, when you do the number three, this is how you do it. Only a Brit or an ally would do this. And it gives them away. And you can see, uh, and this is another one of those great, like, holds on the face that Tarantino does. Like, the yes. look, because it's, it's from a reverse shot. So you see the back of his hand, and he holds up the three, and you see just the look on his face change from a smile to just like, oh, I'm going to kill this guy now. <laughs> like, this and guy so is the, dead. The, as that soldier, or the, the officer, yeah. has got a gun under the table pointed at him, because he's kind of known. He's yeah. known. But then we realize that Fassbender, also known, he just got a gun pointed at him, too. Uh, and then Stiglitz comes right next to him, takes the gun, and points it right at his uh, <laughs> his band region. Uh, and there's a standoff at that point. Yeah. And it's going, all right, what's going to happen? And, he, and Fassbender was like, all right, well, and he starts speaking English. Yeah. And in the English accent, he's like, well, if I'm going to uh, go down here, uh, it, it's in, what is it? He it's said, a, in, uh, allow me to speak in England, things, it's a crime yeah. to let good scotch go to waste. Yeah, yeah. So he drinks the, drinks the drink, and then all hell breaks loose. Nazi balls. <laughs> yeah, and, and a, a shootout starts to happen. And, and ironically, one person who... <laughs> The one person who gets the upper hand is actually the drunk German soldier that they were trying to keep away in the first place. He yeah. manages to get a hold of a German uh, machine and gun, 40, yeah. and he starts mowing people down. Everybody in the room gets shot. Fassbender dies. Stiglitz dies. The, bas the Those three guys, the bastards, die. And, and Van Hammersmark gets shot in the leg, but is living. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so he, this guy is freaking out and you hear from the stairs, you hear, uh, Aldo calling down going, what's going on now? It wasn't supposed to be a gunfight. You know, he's just, he's like, and the, luckily the German guy speaks English. Yeah. And they call it out too. It's they lampshade. I love the fact that like Tarantino just totally lampshades it. It's like, you speak pretty good English for a German. It's like. I agree. <laughs> it's like, it's strange. Uh, I agree. Yeah. He, the tension at this point, mind you, the tension is building. No. You would think a gun, a gun down of everybody. The tension still keeps still building yeah. because you don't know what's going to happen at that point. And the guy opens up and he's like, look, I just had a kid. I'm supposed to be celebrating. I, you know, he's freaking out and you see it, but he's being a good German soldier. He's ready. Yeah. And Aldo says, listen, we don't want you. We don't want to kill you. Let us take the girl, and we call it that. That's it. Yeah. We're not going to do We're going to leave it alone. And there's still that tension and he, as, as it comes down. Um, so they come down. They manage to get her, well, which they well, do. So, so well, on the way down, he, he – um... He sees that he's holding the still holding the MP40. They they're like, no, this is bullshit. We didn't agree to this. And it's like this is a Mexican standoff. It's like this is not a Mexican standoff. You need guns for it to be a Mexican standoff. It's like I got a guy we got with grenades a grenade up, up here. here. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
Bridget takes the opportunity to talk Max down, or not Max, sorry, Will, Will down, Wilhelm down, and shoot him. He, Bridget von Hammersmark, shoots the German soldier with the kid and basically, like, robs his kid of a dad yeah. and then gets out of there. Yeah, she's a double agent. She is yeah. a double agent. Yeah. Um, and they, and so, they pull her to a vet. <laughs> right. So this is where the plan changes and when everything starts to come together. Um, the German guys are done. though They don't have anybody else that could speak German. But they have guys, according to uh, to Brad Pitt, that could speak Italian. Italian. <laughs> Italian. And so uh, that becomes the plan that him and the remaining two are going to go ahead and go. Donnie That's speaks, how we're going to do Donnie it. Donnie speaks the third yeah. most, but I don't speak Italian, sir. As I said, third most. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> it's my so God. Funny. Like, oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> And they they go ahead and cast up her leg and say, well, how do we explain that your leg was cast? Oh, you're German. You were climbing some mountains. <laughs> you, you Germans like to do that, don't you? You know, uh, it's so and then Londa, Londa calls him out on it, like, immediately. It's like, where did you climb a mountain, like, outside of Paris? That cast looks really fresh. You must have just got it yesterday. It's like... <laughs> it's part of the tension that he does, that where he's always on. Um, so... So the Germans do discover what's happened in there. They don't know who was there. Yeah. They just know slaughter. We see slaughter. And they go in and they find one woman's shoe and an autograph that she wrote for for um, Wilhelm's son, yeah. Max. Uh, and she wrote an autograph, gave it a kiss, and you know there was going to be a present for the boy. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how uh, Orlando discovers who was in there so he takes the shoe a la cinderella i was gonna say this is the most fucked up version of cinderella <laughs> yeah. um, then, okay so but then everything's starting to come together so we go back shoshana shoshana wants to film something mm -hmm. and her and her 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 buddy her her, her lover film sell, something right? yeah, they don't know what it is and they splice the film together with this german masterpiece the very end of it they interrogate um, the film producer guy. <laughs> she, yeah. she gets all dressed up like a like a man, and she like interrogates him. I love it. I love that scene. So <laughs> they, get, they get everything set up. Mind you, again, she never has anything to do with the bastards. No, this is completely all stories are completely separate, and it is going on at exactly the same yeah. time. Yeah, takes um, two assassination attempts to kill Hitler. <laughs> yeah, so party day happens. Party day happens. Everybody is in the room. Uh, Shoshana is all dressed up and beautiful and David gorgeous, Bowie's and she's <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then uh, Hammersmark, uh, uh, Aldo, and the two men are are in the room, uh, and then of course, um, you know, uh, uh, Hans Landa approaches. Landa is is looking for them because he yeah. knows yeah. he knows what's going on. So he asks her <laughs> and he interrogates her nonchalantly again. Yeah. The same thing he does that nonchalant uh and he he says uh you know guys hey uh, are they she's like you we need you need to find your seats go ahead and so the two bastards minus aldo go in yeah go into the theater nice and we see as they the, sit uh, down, yeah there is we a see nice, that there is a nice exchange between uh uh londa and oh, the, 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 the bastards where they where they're, where they're trying to speak italian because londa just like oh they're italian and then he just like blurts out just fluent Italian at them. And then Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he just, yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> um, oh, man. But it's they crazy. go in and we find out that they are suicide bombers. They've yep. got bombs strapped to their leg. Uh, and so does Brad Pitt. 
uh, he takes uh, he takes uh, Shosh- uh, not Shoshana he takes Van Hammersmark into an office to talk to her. Uh, and he's like, I need you to do me a favor. He interrogates her a little bit more, but again, nonchalantly. And he says, I need you to put your good leg up here. And then I need you to reach behind you. His coat is hanging on her chair. And hand me what's in my coat. And it's her shoe. And when she has that, when she grabs that shoe, she realizes. And again, the eyes, you see it. And he puts it on her perfectly. We get we get the Advanced Tarantino foot shot. <laughs> oh yeah, the Tarantino foot shot. That but it's kind of that's okay. What do we do now? And then he turns and he leaps at her and he he strangles her to death. Well, qu- again, another weird part of this movie: Quentin Tarantino strangles Diane Cl- Diane Kruger. Like I'm like that's a little weird. Like. You didn't really need to do that, Quentin. Like, I get it. You're a little, it's a little weird, man. Uh, so he <laughs> hammer smart. She is dead. Yeah. Uh, and he goes back out. And this is where the movie starts to get really kind of wonky, and not in a bad way. Um, he knows what's going on. He has his men hold on to Aldo. He yeah. knows what Aldo is. He brings him in to interrogate him. He captures uh, Udovich, right? He captures uh, yeah, Aldo they, and the private. He yeah. captures both of them. He takes the bomb off his leg. He knows it's there. Uh, and he has has him sent outside with uh, uh, Udovich. Yeah. And they are, they're sent away. Um, Christoph Waltz goes upstairs... Uh, and he goes to meet with the, the where the the boxes where the secretary of propaganda and Hitler are, and he says, uh, I, "I you know I'm gonna have to step out for a little bit." Oh, and then yeah, I'm gonna have to step out right at that moment. To the young colonel or the young soldier who was in love with Shoshana, mm-hmm. he excuses himself because he's gonna go find Shoshana because he's really smitten by her. Yeah. So he's gonna go find her, but he leaves, and then right as Christoph Waltz leaves, you see him kind of walk away, he drops the bomb that he took off of Aldo's leg right behind Hitler. Yep. Yeah. So, he said that there. He said it there. Mm-hmm. And he yep. goes out and he meets with Aldo and and, and Yuvich. He meets them both. Mm-hmm. And he says, so here's the deal. <laughs> uh, here's the deal. I could pick up this phone, tell them what's going on, and your little plan is stopped. Or... We could end the war tonight. What? And he says, so what I want to do, <laughs> I need a few things. And he wants to make a deal. Yeah, He wants to make a deal, which he's not done any of that up to this point, which is interesting that he's so opportunistic that he flips. And this is where I don't know whether he believes it or not, yeah. but he says, I don't like my nickname. I don't like what's going on. I don't know if he's being opportunistic. But I think whatever. he might not like the nickname, but I think that like he's he's a he's still yeah. a monster. Like no matter what, right? Like he's yeah, still he, he's he is Aldo Rain, but he's Aldo Rain yeah. born in Germany, right? Like he's yeah. like they are they well, are he's two Austrian. sides he's, of the coin. Uh, yeah. They are two sides yeah, of the uh, coin, right? So so he um he makes a deal with uh, 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 played in a cameo by voice only by Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Uh, he makes a deal with the the Allied general. That um, if this plan goes off without a hitch and they all die, 
that uh, he's to take Aldo's men to the lines. Aldo and his man, we're down to one guy at this point, mm -hmm. two of the lines, and they're to switch places. He's to surrender. He will get citizenship. He will get a pension. He will get he land, will get right? a house yeah. plot yeah. land on, what's it, Nantucket? Nantucket. Yeah, Nantucket Nantucket. Island. <laughs> yeah, you get all of these things taken care of, and they agree to it. Then we switch back. Okay, so that so we know the plan is going to happen. Yeah. Now we switch back. And it happens almost at the same, same time. time yeah. So what happens is the film is going. The film is going on. Uh, shot the by German Eli soldier. Roth. The film in the, the uh, film within the film was shot, also shot yeah. by uh, uh, the bear Jew himself, Eli Roth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, he goes up to the the uh, projector. Uh, Shoshana's lover is hiding behind the screen with, with a, a giant pile of silver nitrate film. <laughs> Um, and she's sitting there, and her job is to switch the reels. Yeah. Because these movies were done in large reels, and they were done over multiple reels. Yeah. So you have to switch cameras, and you have to do this. This ain't digital, so, this ain't digital kids. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she does that, and she gets to the fourth reel and puts it up there and is waiting for that point of no return. And um, But what happens is, yeah, there's a knock at the door, and it's him. And she rebukes him again <laughs> and says, no. And finally, she's like, okay, fine, but we'll have to make this fast. Why? And she walks behind the projector, picks a gun well, he, out of her forceful. handbag. And he's very him. forceful when he, when she rejects yeah. him this last time. Like, he actually, like, he's he's like, he's like, I've had enough of this shit. Like, I'm a fucking hero. You need to, like, respect me and, like, you'd be, like, glad yeah. to, like, have me as a boyfriend. And she's like, oh, okay, okay, I get it now. I get it now. Give me one second. Yeah. We, we... But she, <laughs> yeah. she shoots him and, down. Yeah. She shoots him down. Uh, she accidentally drops the gun. He, he, or yeah, she dropped her gun. Uh, he grabbed, we don't realize it right at that moment. She's kind of had this moment of calm, like, okay. And then she's shot by yeah. him and his Luger, his Juman Luger. Yeah. So she's dead. Yeah. She dies. The soldier dies, but the movie is still playing and it gets that. to yeah. the end of the film where she spliced it and she talks to the audience in American and goes, you know what? Uh, I wish I had that recorded because it, it's so good yeah. that what she says, it's poignant. Uh, but it's basically, I want you to know how it feels to be killed by a Jew. Your death was caused by a Jew. Yeah. That's right. I'm Shoshana. I, and, and, yeah, and she goes through this whole thing. And and her last word is, do it now, my love. And he burns, he puts a cigarette on it and starts the theater to burn up. And the, mind you, and the two other bastards are still in. They escape. They go up to the box. They're, they're, grab they're German doing this Tommy. at the same time, like right before this yeah. all happens, right before the switch happens. They are in the bathroom planning this last little thing. They've got these wicked cool like guns little on shot, their gloves, little yeah. little punch punch guns on their gloves. And it's like, okay, you got thirty feet to do this shit. Like, can you do it? It's like, well, I've got to do it. So I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, so they end up killing the the guards for Hitler. They grab the top uh, the 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 machine guns, kill them, and start spraying everything out of Hitler. <laughs> and, yeah, and, just, and then the bomb goes off. And so not only is a fire, a blaze going on, and everybody's locked in. And they're all the theater. locked into the theater. Yeah, they're locked in. But the plan goes off without a hitch from both ends. Yep. The bomb, the fire, everything happens. And, and, and that that's you know it kind of blacks out with the explosion, the the bomb that goes off. Mm -hmm. Then we get to go back to uh, Aldo, and and the remaining bastard. Uh, they get to the enemy lines. They switch, 
and then Aldo's like, oh, thank you, gets out of the cuffs, Get, he asks for his knife back, the weapons, everything, and then he shoots the radio operator, leaving only Christoph Waltz. And, and Waltz is like, what are you doing? Shot. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's shocked. He's like, we had a deal. He's like, absolutely. We have a deal. <laughs> I have a question for you. When you get back to your house on Nantucket, what are you going to wear? You going to take that Nazi uniform off? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, and then as, as we, as see, we mentioned yeah. earlier, he carves the swastika into it. And the end of the film is uh, is him going, uh, uh, Aldo looking at him. You don't see him. You don't see him. But Aldo looking at him going, this is my greatest work yet. <laughs> yep. And that's how it ends. Yeah, I mean this film. This film does such a good job of storytelling in the group, but it doesn't focus on just the group, which is what I really like yeah. about this. Yeah, uh, it switches between him and them and Shoshana, and actually, you spend more time, honestly, with Shoshana yeah. than I think you actually do the bastards. Well, I was gonna say, like, if anything, this is Shoshana and Hans Landa's movie. Right, like if any, yeah. if, if it's anybody's movie, it's Shoshana's and Han, Hans Landa. Right? And it's the worth noting, Walt. Just- there yeah it, it's worth noting waltz gets the oscar for this film yes he gets the oscar for this Deservedly. film and it's well deserved absolutely yeah. and uh you know the next year he comes back for Django and chained gets the oscar again Crazy. one of few yeah. individuals to do the back-to-back you know so that's and that's a, an amazing feat for this guy and he's he's amazing in both um but i, I think what i really love about this is is that team dynamic and this this story that quentin tarantino can do mm-hmm. tarantino is able to to tell you what's going on without telling you what's going on yeah i, I mean it's he's, he's the master his, storyteller it's his economy of storytelling i mentioned it earlier right like he he knows how much he needs to put into a story to make it like to make it work for an audience right like he can he knows the the levels an audience is willing to take and the jumps that they're willing to make in in making leaps of logic and stuff like that, right? Like he he's got that down to it to pretty much a science now. It seems. Your and your villains are interesting. You know that's another thing with well, I will say with all Tarantino films, mm-hmm. the villains are interesting. Uh, yeah. One of my I, I I really love the fact that that uh, that uh, Christoph Waltz is just so fascinating when you watch him. You watch him and you just don't know what he's going to do. You don't know when he's going to strike. And that's why I compared him to Hannibal Lecter, because yeah. Hannibal Lecter was that way too. You didn't know what was going to happen with that. And 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 Waltz plays it so subdued, so charismatically, so charming. And it's just a beautiful film. The score, and then, okay, so besides the Marconi pieces, the songs that are picked yeah. in between each of these these pieces uh, that, that accompany the action that's going on, are so well done. Yeah. They're great choices. I mean, everything in this film, cinematography is beautiful in this film. It's perfectly viewed. Uh, the pan shots that happen at times are just absolutely gorgeous. Um, I, I, like I said, the eyes. One of the things I love is whenever whenever uh, ha, um, Hans is he's interrogating, yeah. just those look at people's eyes and their face. You don't need the rest of their body. Sometimes they do. You know, and even you get this in the opening scene, the first 20 minutes. Yeah. That is amazing stuff. You know, the fear that this man implements. It's just, it's an amazing film. Now, it's amazing, but we did team it up with another film that we love that, you know, uh, not exactly not amazing, loved but, by a lot of people. But honestly, <laughs> rewatching it, 
man, this is one of the funnest movies I've seen like ever. This and it's yeah. still I think it's still one of the funnest movies ever. And like and so, fun fun. Like that's that's the the scale to to rate this one. So on. far for our reviews, uh this is the closest in time frame that these movies yes. have been done. So and I was really surprised yeah, we that look- Glorious Bastards came out before this one, actually. Yeah, I, I really was surprised. By one year, yeah. uh, Inglorious was 2009, The A-Team is 2010. Um, uh, so I don't know about you, Kyle, but I did watch episodes of The A-Team before this. No, I, have, I, have, I had never seen, I, before watching this, and even to this point, I still have never seen an episode of the original A-Team. My dad talked highly of it, and I still have, mm-hmm. to, I still have to go watch it for sure. It's but- fun. But luckily for this film, you don't need it. <laughs> Part of the reason is that they they mix character traits up and they mix in and some are in name only and yeah. you just let that go and just at the end of the day, what this becomes is just a pure action film. Yeah, there's action not comedy. much else. This is a this is a huge action yeah. comedy, and I think that mm-hmm. and and I saw when 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 the credits were rolling at the beginning of this film, and I saw executive producer Ridley Scott like seeing that watching it again is like oh yeah this film makes like a hundred percent more sense to me wasn't it wait wasn't it tony scott no no ridley's oh both of them ridley and tony scott oh okay yeah both of them yeah but and joe carnahan this is directed and written by joe carnahan like this guy brought you the gray with with uh the year later with liam neeson um one of my, one of my like, I, I was yeah. gonna say I like smoking aces. That's one of my, like another one of these like fun just just total action packed movies. And that I agree. He also directs uh, the Blacklist episodes of the Blacklist, which is a great show on NBC. I, I liked the I watched the first season. I liked it. I kind of like I was always convinced that like <laughs> I have a conspiracy theory that this is the first time I've ever aired it like on on anywhere. But like I was convinced that they only made the Blacklist to give James Spader a villain role so that people. Would buy him as Ultron in in Avengers because I was like, who would buy it? like James Spader as a villain? Like that doesn't make sense. I mean, like, I, it was the same time, and I was like, hmm. that's another movie for another discussion. Trust me. Yeah, actually, uh, that's a good one. But yeah, this team. I mean, okay. So while in Inglorious Bastards, the first twenty minutes of our film was methodical, yeah, quiet, <laughs> set up our characters really well. The first 20 minutes of the A-Team sets up our characters really well, but is the exact opposite of Inglorious Bastards, 100%. It's all action, quips, jokes. It's all there. It it really is the seminal action film, Mm -hmm. kind of. So we're introduced pretty much right away to Liam Neeson, uh, Hannibal, Colonel, Colonel Hannibal, uh, Hannibal John Smith. Smith. Sorry. And he's, he's yeah, being John Hannibal Smith. Yeah, he's being interrogated by police in in Mexico. This is and this is like like again, this is this weird time in American cinema where pretty much like if you wanted a bad guy, like you could go like, oh, we're gonna do the cartel, right? And if you're doing the cartel, you could just like it's it's weird now looking back at it like racially it's like it's like it's not real cool like making Mexicans bad guys all the time, but like it's like. It is a product of its time, right? So it's yeah. just it's worth it's worth noting that like it still wasn't cool at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, so this film right away, uh, it's scored by Alan Silvestri. I was gonna I was gonna mention this because we've been talking like one of the biggest issues we've had with like our 
quote worst movies has been the score and i fucking love this score i love the this score so much the a team uh, theme is great i yeah. love the a team theme but even the, I have even a- the other pieces in in the movie i actually really like some of the other pieces in the movie in the uh, when they're in frankfurt and there there's that that big action piece i actually really like that action score piece like that sounds like a really fun like workout piece to me I think Michael Bay and Ninja Turtles 2 might have taken from that scene, but we'll get to that. Uh, Yeah, so so why don't don't you tell us a little more about this introduction? So, yeah, so basically peck or sorry uh, yeah so basically hannibal hannibal escapes and he goes to he goes to rescue peck and we run into well first ba brackus decides he needs to get back his uh his car his his baby his van the original a team van that that we all that everybody else knows and loves and that i know from pictures and love and we're introduced <laughs> to like what i think is actually one of the better uh, sports um, an athlete turned performers is Quentin Rampage Jackson as B.A. Brackus. Like we get a nice little action scene of him beating up all this uh, basically like a car ring that he's been forced to steal cars for to, to fix up his car. And right. he like, uh, for people who don't know, uh, the role was originally played by Mr. T. Mr. So T. even if you don't know, you probably know Mr. T <laughs> at that point. I pity the fool. That's all. This is, that's basically where that character, that, that, that is that character. Mr. T is B.A. Baracus basically, right? Like that's his character. And so as, as B.A. gets his car back and he, he goes in the desert, Hannibal jumps in the road and, and makes him stop and shoots him in the arm. Like he shoots, shoots a dude in the arm and makes him drive. Find out, find out, finds out he's a ranger, and then we're introduced to Bradley Cooper, and I love Bradley Cooper because this is just like this is like he's like they took the, his character out of Wedding Crashers or something and just threw him in here. Bradley Cooper in this film reminds me of Jai Courtney in Suicide Squad, oh, or what yes. they wanted Jai Courtney to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jai Courtney didn't get enough chance to be that, but that's he's what that reminds me. I still like I still like Jai Courtney though. He was still he was still better than he had any right to be in that movie, but yeah. Bradley Cooper's got the pearly whites. He's charming, and he's he's trying to fend for his life after sleeping with uh, the drug lord's wife, and and he's in tires, and he's he's being uh he's being lit on fire, and, to be hung, yeah. And he gets he gets he's rescued by by Ba and by Hannibal, but not before being rolled down a hill <laughs> in tires to be saved later. And basically, they go. They're on the run from this this Mexican guy, and they have to go into a VA hospital. And in this VA hospital, we are met with Charlotte Copley, who plays Murdoch from. Uh, you'll know him from District Nine, uh, and he was he was great in that. And I think he plays like this great just out of his mind character he, he stitches up ba with a lightning bolt he sets peck on fire he, he swings off the rotors he's, of the helicopter he's a, he's a genius engineer and pilot yeah and he's a, and, so, and and chef and chef and chef <laughs> oh god the chef yeah the the scene later when he's when he's cooking on the barbecue it's, your toast like, it's, it's like well and it's like it's like do you want do you want the antifreeze and it's like no i don't want any of that or special sauce and it's like no i don't want any of your antifreeze like i got bell's palsy the last time it's like it's only partial paralysis <laughs> yeah but uh he steals a helicopter yeah, they steal from, a helicopter from the, the roof the of the, the hospital and mm-hmm. they have this big long chase sequence which i think is like as a wicked helicopter chase sequence they he diverts heat seeking missiles by 
flying his helicopter super high up in the air and turning it off, stalling it out, turning it off totally and going cold and the heat seekers crash into each other and then he has to reset the helicopter before they crash down therefore making an airborne ranger no longer want to fly anymore. He he terrifies B.A. Baracus out of ever flying again. You know what did he say? Like 263 jumps he had, and now he can't fly anymore. <laughs> oh, you froze yeah. up for me, Chris. Oh, there you go. Did I freeze? Oh, you're good. You're good. You're coming back. Okay, there we go. We reset. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so right. yeah, so they they, uh, they get to go. They yeah. pull to go over the American, uh, the uh, the uh, American border. And one of my favorite, I used this all the time when I was growing up because like 2010 was like right there's a year before I graduated high school. So if you want to like age me there, so like like I loved I loved Alpha tango mike alpha mike foxtrot like it's just yeah. idios motherfucker like like, like that's a great like, yeah. that's a great catchphrase they have two catchphrases in this film both of them for the most part are are liam neeson's although others yeah. will try to use them <laughs> uh it's alpha mike, mike yeah alpha foxtrot, mike yeah. uh foxtrot and then i love it the when a plan comes, comes together, together which actually was used in the, the yeah, original from series the original yeah yeah i know that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh and it's great because uh, one of the things about Liam Neeson's character originally, he's always always chomping a cigar, and he's always got these big cigars, and it's it's this this you know display of manliness, and it's just, that's that's what these guys are. They're army rangers, and it's all of that. And it, that's the first twenty minutes of the yeah. film is just this that uh, that's just you introducing yeah. them. It has no other purpose other than that. Nope. Like none, but, it but it's it, fun. But it's, but it's great, and it it works. Like it, I don't think it like it it fits in with the film. Like I like these, like really, like it. We don't. We ended up with a world I found of of like origin stories recently, right? Like a lot of things are the get together, the the beginning. We need a lot to get to the first thing, blah, 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 right? Where it's like, no, it's like they got together. Like this is how they got together. It takes 20 minutes to show you how they got together. Like it's the first episode of a pilot of a TV series, basically like a half hour pilot, right? Like there you go. We're together off, off to the races. Eight years later, 80 missions later, boom. We got it. These guys are a team, right? And then we can get into the main story here. Yeah, uh, the, so the main story of this thing basically is it's the end of the Iraqi, uh, Iraqi uh, conflict, the second one. It's supposed to be the end. Uh, and what we find out is that um, when the Americans first came in, they had put a small mint in that part of the world to help facilitate funds you know, in that part of the world. So there are plates and a machine. Uh, what happened was that Saddam the plate stolen, and the yeah, yeah the, 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 he stole the plates and the press. Yeah. They got the press back, but not the plates. And so, uh, allegedly, these plates are going through Baghdad. The A-team and everyone else is under orders not to go into Baghdad and go after it. But the CIA comes in and says, hey, we need those plates. We want you guys to do this. And there's this argument between the general. Okay. The general uh, is, again, in another form of casting that is reminiscent of old TV. Uh, uh, the general is played by... Gerald McRae. Let me bring it up. Thank you. Okay, Gerald. Gerald. He got promoted. Uh, Gerald McRae, if you're not familiar, was also a Marine uh, in the uh, TV series Major Dad, which was on for a long time. So he played a major for the longest time. Now he's finally got the general. 
but he had to go in the army to do it. Yeah. Um, he's the general. Um, and ha- Hannibal says, uh, uh, listen, Liam Neeson says, we can go in there. Yeah. Send my guys he, he in wants there. To send, General's he like, no, wants to send no, no. these like black ops, this, uh, this kind of, uh, what, what do they call it? A contractor, military contractor. It's not even soldiers. Yeah. Contractors. Yeah. He wants to, mm-hmm. they want to, yeah, he wants to send them in instead. And Liam Neeson's like, hell no. What do you, th- thinking and the cia is encouraging the general to send people in to go get it uh so the general agrees to go ahead and send the four guys in but it's it is a pure black ops mission he is ordering them to go sort of he kind of puts out but it is an order yeah but he does not put it on paper he just gives them it's a black ops order so they go in they manage to get the plates. There's, the mission a is wicked, a success. There's a they wicked, they, like, I love the setup that they do to this because they like to, like, the, we get this this kind of, like, time that they have at the camp, right? We talked about it earlier, like, like uh, Murdoch is making food, right, where he's cooking with antifreeze and stuff like that. Peck is, like, uh, sitting mm-hmm. with his feet in a kiddie pool, tanning outside, and they pay, eventually they pay $50. Yeah. They give some troops $50, and they cut some dude's hair, give him $100, and give him a bunch of beer to party and pretend like they're not planning this thing. And they steal a, they steal a, uh, a door off of one of the military contractors cars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they build this, this big elaborate plan, like, and they have this nice big electric electromagnet that they have. And they, they have this plan that they set off in motion in Baghdad where like, I don't know mm-hmm. how the hell that you don't break your back holding an electromagnet up out of a manhole and, and getting hauled by a semi out by it. Like, holy crap, it hit your back on that thing, you're dead. <laughs> hey, we've watched Harrison Ford get dragged. We've watched Keanu Reeves get hit and go at 55 miles an hour and get his legs slammed on concrete. These people can do this, apparently. Yeah, that's fair. So, that's fair. So, yeah, so um, they get, they get they, this money. Yeah, they succeed. Yeah. The mission succeeds. Um, they bring it back to base. Everything seems great. The general says he's on his way in. Uh, then the general's car is blown up. Uh, and then they go, they run to the car to see what's going to happen. And then the container holding the plates and the money that was in it is also blown up. So all the evidence is blown up. The general is blown up. And the black and the ops plates guys are, are running away. The black ops yeah, guys the are black running away with plates. Got the plates. Yeah. And they're running away. Um, I, I guess we should talk about Jessica Alba too, because she's kind of important here. Well, uh, no, Jessica Beale. Oh, Beal, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong Jessica. How many times do I do that? Uh, Jessica. You know what, Jessica though? Beale. Honestly, is there much difference between Jessica Beale and Jessica Alba in the end? Yes, but yes, because they're both extremely awesome and and beautiful in their own ways. I like sure. both of them. Okay. Invisible sure. Woman is awesome. <laughs> Invisible, sure. But I, then I she like did Spike Kids. But she did Spike Kids 4, well, really? Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know I'm about her. Saying. I know about her recently, but yeah, Jessica Biel recently has been good. Anyway, Jessica Biel, yes, Jessica Biel. Yeah. So Jessica Biel is, uh, she is also in the army. She's Pex uh, X. She, she's faces yeah. X. Yeah, she's faces X, uh, and she's kind of the logistics person mm-hmm. here. Uh, she's there to ensure that the plates, it, it, that that everything is run smoothly because it's on her. She's like a higher uh, separate branch. She's like overseeing. She gets to wear civilian clothes and that like that gets her into kind of trouble with the general earlier before like he blows up. It's like he like she like talks to him because she's only a captain and she's like yeah. she's like demanding things of this general and this general is like you better watch your fucking tone. You're still in the military. Yeah. And it's like these um, are the kind of things I like because it's like 
even though this is very clearly like military propaganda and we've talked about this before with like superhero movies right like when they stick to real things like later on they'll say like they don't say bazooka they say sma like he he shoot he shot a sma like he hit me with a sma which is like a rocket launcher but it's like a specific type right like i i do um, like the uh, the attention to detail in that case so the four men are brought up uh, on charges of so many things dereliction of duty uh, lots of stuff because the general has ended up dead. There is no one who can uh, corroborate that the general yeah. made the order for them to go. No uh, and trail. so they are stripped of rank, dishonorably discharged, and basically put in prison, separate prisons, separate four prisons, separate yeah. prisons. For 10 years. Uh, and then and then Jessica Beal, for her part in it, is demoted down to lieutenant mm-hmm. uh, and is reprimanded for her, action, for her inability to stop everything from happening, yeah. apparently. Um, and so we fast forward ahead six months, uh, and then the real part of this story begins. So, so, so Lynch, Lynch shows up to visit Hannibal in prison, and Lynch is, we, we didn't mention him before, but he's basically the, the linchpin to the story, right? He's a CIA guy played by Patrick Wilson, and he's the guy who introduces this, this op to Hannibal in, in Baghdad when they're first there. He introduces it to them, and then they go talk to the general about it. So when... Lynch comes back and he talks to Hannibal in prison. He's like, okay, there's this Arab that's selling the, uh, that's trying to buy the plates or sell the plates. And it's like, this is all the picture we have of it. And he pulls out this real fuzzy picture and it slides it across to Hannibal. And Hannibal laughs and then he pulls out another picture. And it's very clear. It's much more clear than, than the CIA's picture. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, you um, give me, you give me two minutes. Two hours, I'm I'm this. You give me two two days, I'm this. But you give me six months, I'm unbeatable. And it's just like, yep. So it's like, so he works with Lynch and the CIA to break him, and then eventually the rest of them out of jail. What he does is he uses a cigar full of tetrodotoxin, which is the I'm pretty sure it's the pufferfish toxin, right? That's the uh, that's the pufferfish toxin where he it puts him to sleep, yeah, in a, like a coma almost all nearly dead state and he's like get the dosage exactly right because he wakes up right before he's about to be cremated in the morgue and in in a funny scene where the morgue guy is is acting like it's his dojo <laughs> and, he, and he gets scared basically to death by by a dead man yeah but uh, so yeah, yeah uh, Liam Neeson gets the guys back together. Yeah. Uh, face face is living it up. He's like he's an, almost a, almost in parole. He's ready to he's go. He's sleeping. He's sleeping uh, with like a he's sleeping with guards and stuff like that. He's got no. He's shame. got flat screen TVs yeah. in his cell. He's talking about a lap pool being built. He's got a he tanning people, machine in the other building. He gives people uh, boots. Like he gives the guards boots and stuff like that. He gives people gifts. Yeah, yeah he runs into the original face in the tanning booth yeah. room. Yeah. He yeah. runs into the original face, and uh, that's where he's kidnapped by by Liam. By Hannibal, so, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And they they go to they he convinces them let's do this to clear our names. Yeah. Uh, they go to get Baracus, who is being transported to another prison, yeah. uh, and they manage to grab him. Now the thing about Baracus uh, is that um, he at this point is taken a vow of nonviolence. Yeah, he is following the works of Gandhi and a Buddha and. Uh, so he's going to not kill anymore. Uh, and the thing is, one of the defining features to, to Baracus is uh, Mr. T's mohawk. Yeah. That was that was classic and integrated into it. In this film, when we see him again, 
he's got kind of a, a he, little mini mini fro mini yeah. fro yeah he's just growing out his we, hair yeah 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 uh so we think <laughs> he's in the bathroom and he's got the razor clippers yeah. we think that's what he's gonna do he gets out there and they look at him like we gave you a razor i know i couldn't do it man it's shorter and he tells the story about what the mohawk means yeah that why you know why he is what he is he always felt like he was at it's war about, yeah yeah um and so you know he says i, I i'll help you but i'm not going to kill i yeah. won't do it so together they go and they break um they, break they have to murdoch go to germany of, they have to go to germany to break uh Murdoch out of a mental facility, a VA mental hospital, and I love no, this. Really? No, 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 because they they break him out before because Murdoch's the one that flies them there. Well, they, the the hospital is in Germany. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it Was is. It? it is in oh, Germany, I, and they yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So they break, yeah, so, okay. yeah, yeah. They break him out of. Uh, I love the I love the way they do it too. They they send him this video this with three D glasses. <laughs> they get him all to do it, and then we have this little like. When uh, Murdoch sees Beale, he he says El Diablo because he sings a song earlier in the earlier in the movie. It's like, and then it's like, he's talking to Face, and he's like, El Diablo means devil, doesn't it? And he's like, Yeah, man, like <laughs> like that's what it means. And so they break through, they break through the wall of it, and and everybody. And what what the name of the film they show? The Great Escape. The Great Escape, yeah. <laughs> And they break through the wall, and now all the all the patients in the mental facility are they're all happy and they're all in, enjoying this 3D movie. And they break out with face. They commandeer a giant, a giant plane. One thirty. Yep. Yeah. And then they they get in the air, and as they get in the air, they're being chased by a bunch of um, a bunch of uh, UAVs, UAVs and drones and stuff. And and they they're man they manage to get rid of a couple of them, but not before the plane gets totally destroyed. And they think that. Oh shit! They're all in trouble. They didn't survive, and then they're in a tank, falling to the earth. And this, this is this is the make or break for the movie because this is either where it's like you love it or you hate it because they fly a tank, and I and I love it. Like, <laughs> like, like, part of me wonders. Like, I really want to know how much of that. Like, is like, like you think about it. Like that's got to be possible right like it does put out a lot of force and they're just flying through the air right so they got to be able to push themselves i don't think they'd survive i, I don't I think, think they'd survive the yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they'd survive at all but like i love it and then the there's a german man who's cheating who's cheating fishing using dynamite you know that's cheating <laughs> and then they get like there's like what what was that boom that sounded like a bigger boom than the dynamite that we're used to and then she laughs as he gets blown basically he like like that would cut yeah that would like kill that dude they kill that old dude if they if they flew into the lake at that kind of speed right next to him but yeah they, they did it because they're parachuting down but they're going yeah. a little too fast yeah so they use gun as a way to kind of slow their descent and, and break bit. the surface tension of the water probably helped a little too but but yeah so i i i doubt that they would just survive that but anyway so they they asked for directions to berlin and basically uh what do they do Ask for directions to Berlin, and they. This is this is that Frankfurt scene that we were talking about. We've mentioned earlier. This is where, like the you said that Michael Bay stole this for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think he did. <laughs> this is a good scene, though. I I really like the scene. Like this is another thing where it's like the action. Looking at the reviews for this movie, was a lot of it was 
the action is very incomprehensible, right? Like, and to a degree, I can agree with that. There was a lot of really close and fast cuts, but I think for a lot of it too, there was, it's, it's not completely incomprehensible, but it is definitely in the style of that Jason Bourne kind of Bourne identity, fast cut, like shaky cam action scene yeah. to hide. So they, they end up in Berlin. Berlin apparently is where the plates are being hit. Yeah. Uh, they're being hit in this one spot and they've been over time, uh, month by month, more plates are being brought in until right. they're all together. And they have this Arab backer. That's what they figure is yeah. going on. So what they need to do is they want to get the plates and they need to get the backer. Mm-hmm. So it, they go into Berlin and we get another chasey action scene where they're going to kidnap the backer and they're going to get the plates. Mm-hmm. There comes a point. These action scenes are great. Don't get me wrong. I love good action scenes. But there becomes a point where it's just, all right, what's the next action scene? <laughs> all right, what's the next action scene? Because that's what they do. That's what yep. these guys do. Yep. That's kind of their thing. Um, so they, they do manage that. They get the plates. They get the backer. Uh, uh, the backer, the Arab, when they take off, it, it, we found out it's a disguise. And it's actually the general. Well, the yeah, general faked his death. Yeah, the most, the most uh, disguise it is is his, his headpiece because it's mostly just <laughs> the general with a giant beard. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was like, you, yeah. General Morrison. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> uh, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you kids. Yeah. Um, so but, yeah, Hannibal um, is pissed, and he secretly records talking to Morrison because that'll be useful later. Like you would always do that when talking to the bad yeah. guy. Uh, <laughs> he he gets in contact with Lynch and says, "Hey Lynch, uh, I've got Morrison, and I have the plates." And and Lynch is like, "Great, awesome." And he's like, "But here's the deal: I'll get you my guys. I need on in writing. I need something to. I need this taken care of now. We will bring you everything." I want this taken care of. How long will that take you? And he's like, ah, ooh, I don't know, about five minutes. And we and look, and he's looking at a computer laptop this, of, this a UA, where, of a UA, yeah. of a coming in. That's about. This five is where out. you find we find out what Lynch is definitely not a good guy. Like, there's been yeah. it's very hinted at, but like he could be like, is he helping for his own reasons, or is he doing his so own thing? So at this point, as they're interrogating the uh, the general, we find out what has going on. Yeah. The okay, so ge- the general. Uh, or Lynch, okay, if I remember this correctly, sorry, this gets little, confusing. It is a little confusing, Lynch, yes. Lynch is in on it with uh, Pike, yes. the the leader of, of the mercenaries, Black basically, Force, or, yeah. you know, to yeah. go and get those plates and to use those plates. Yeah. Uh, I believe Lynch tells more. no, Pike tells Morris, Morris, this is what's going on, and Morris is going to double-cross Lynch. Well, I think they were to all the working plate. together. Yeah, they were all working together, and they <laughs> double-crossed each other. Triangle yeah. betrayal is what it does, yeah. and he, they find out basically that everybody was against them. Yeah, there's a you nice know? there's a nice and, little scene when they're in the car when Lynch is in the car with um with the uh, the the agent um that like he the agent Brian Bloom plays Brock Pike. He's the uh, the 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 main bad guy agent from the from the guys, and he's actually he wrote he's a co-writer on the film. That guy. So that guy wrote the film with Joe Carnahan as well. But it's like when there's he's got one of the agents messing with like the the silencer. But he's like it's a, it's a suppressor, and it's like Jesus. Can I just ask for one thing? Is you don't let this guy kill me. Can, can you get somebody else to kill me? And I just I love that little scene in there before they uh, before yeah that's right before he sends that plane in to kill him. Yeah. So um, 
they they end up arguing with each other, thinking who turned on, you know, it's the standard. Who do we believe? I can't believe it, you know. And then the plane comes in and blows up the shack that Morris was in. Yeah. Uh, so Morris is dead. They're only, again, their only witness and evidence is dead. Yeah. Um, dead again. <laughs> um, so they have to figure out what's going on. And um, that's when Faith says, you know what? Give me a couple minutes to think. I, I I think I got a plan. And we find out he starts to develop a plan. Now, normally the plans are developed by Liam Neeson. Yeah. It's now being developed by him. Um, so they get to uh, eventually get trip. to an airport. Take a trip on a ship, yeah. Yeah. They get to an airport uh, and they plant a, a, a burner phone onto uh, Jessica Beale. Yeah. Uh, I think that was in, that was in life. Frankfurt. Yeah, that was in Frankfurt. That was back yeah. before. It's, yeah. It still yeah. it still plays into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They, they still um, they what use they that do to contact her. Yeah, Lynch and the and the and the CIA are tracking uh, Jessica Biel's communications. Yeah, yeah. Right, their official communications. Yeah. They don't know about the burner phone. So what happens is they call uh, uh, Jessica Beale. Yeah makes has an official call with Lynch hears and they hear, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to meet you at the LA, LA shipping yard. They pretend that he's still gonna alive. We're going to bring Morrison yeah. the plates. They say, right. But then face calls her on the burner phone mm-hmm. and presumably kind of think that she's in on. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. Something else is going to happen. And then the, the climax of our film is about to take place. We so he's it. building the, uh, this plan. And he talks about misdirection. It's going yeah. to be about misdirection and distraction and separation. Uh, and it starts this very, very elaborate The setup biggest three-card Monty ever. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Uh, using using shipping crane. Yeah. Shipping containers. Using shipping containers um, and cranes to, like, I don't even know how you would, like, like, I don't even know if that's physically possible. Every time I watch that, it's like, they can't cross over like that, can they? <laughs> Theory, okay, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm doing trying the to math. Think. I'm trying if to they, think. If they move up and around, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. So I give weird. it a maybe. Um, <laughs> I don't mind, though. But, yeah, basically um, what happens is uh, Morris, Morris, uh, Morrison and um, Liam Neeson kind of go hide into one of these. They don't know which one, and they start mixing them up. And the idea is that they're supposed to go in and figure out which one it is, but then they're going to separate the men. Yeah. Well, that starts to work. They do distractions with fireworks, and it starts to work. Lynch until, is falling for it until yeah, until Pike. Lynch gets pissed. <laughs> yeah, and Pike. Well, Pike. Pike gets pissed, and he steals a rocket launcher from one of the guys, and it's like, yeah, it's like, Pike. fuck your Pike or fuck your plan, face. And he shoots shoots the uh, shipping container, and it's he like blows Uh-oh. up the ship. The ship, and the sink, ship starts yeah. to sink the ship, <laughs> and it blows the entire plan yeah. uh, up until. You know they they they're working through this, and what happens is um, they have Morrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it basically, it's going to go through an elaborate ac- action scene, and it's a lot to describe. It's yeah, you it's, have to see it. It is what it is. I gotta say, it is it is a little over the top. I wish it was like this movie is a great like I like the cinematography in this movie for the most point most mm-hmm. part eh, most part because it is very like it is very that Ridley Scott kind of like. 2000s mm-hmm. stuff like that contrasty like high light sources lots of deep shadows and so, stuff but then it kind of loses that in this third act right Hannibal, it's real dark and yeah stuff. it does I, basically what finishes this out is Hannibal and Lynch 
go toe to toe. Yeah. Hannibal leads Lynch into a kind of destroyed out uh, shipping container that has Morrison and the plates in it. And he says, they're right there. Let's end this. And then Lynch takes, takes a gun, points it at Morrison's head yeah. and shoots. And we see blood and we think Morrison's dead. And we hear Morrison's voice, but yeah. he's dead. He opens up the plates. The plates are there. Everything's great. This is this is perfect. But then what happens is Morrison starts talking. And he sits up again, and and, and he starts freaking out. And and they have that moment, basically that monologuing moment, mm-hmm. where they're like, "Neener, neener, neener, we got yeah. you." The, well, the shipping thing lifts, lifts up, up, and all the authorities are around, having listened into what's going yeah. on. We find out that Morrison was actually Murdoch in an iron helmet with well, and it, Kevlar, around it. Kevlar. They melted down the Kevlar to, to make a I, Kevlar I thought helmet. it was like an iron helmet. No, it was Kevlar. It was. it was Kevlar. They melted oh. down Kevlar vests. Yeah, on the I on thought the it boat. was an iron yeah. helmet. Yeah, and on the boat, they had the they show ketchup packets and stuff like that. Hannibal messes with a couple toys to make it like, I don't know how he made mama sound like Lynch, but like, I'll forgive that. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's very convoluted. It's hard to go with, but it's all action. It's all thing, fun. It's yeah. All action. All it's all fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he gets caught. He's taken away by ironically by Lynch, <laughs> by who, John. Uh, Lynch, Hamm. Yeah. The next Lynch down the line. Yeah. Um, and then Jessica Beale kisses face and says, well, they get arrested. They get, they get arrested again. They, they think they're free. Yeah. And they, and they got arrested for escaping prison. And then Jessica Beale's like runs up to face and gives them a nice deep tongue kiss. Her, her two lackeys that she's had this entire time who they're pretty funny. They're, they're standing there awkwardly. They let them have the moment. And And they get the four guys and they're like, all right, what are we going to do now? And they're panning around to each of them and they get, to Bradley Cooper, and he's like, "Boss, I, I hate lo- to take away your line, but I love it when a plan gets together." And he a... spits out the handcuff key, and then you hear the closing remarks, which was, which is the, uh, the opening of the original, uh, the original A team right? yeah. opening, basically. The narration, is what it is. yeah, yeah. And then the film ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all this film is. This is not an Oscar winner by any means. God, no. It is not. It has absolutely zero intellectual content to it, really. <laughs> yep, yep. Really. Yep. And yet, I love it. Yeah. It's enjoyable to sit there yeah. and just watch things get bl- I Just those 20 minutes alone, I could rewatch that initial 20 minutes oh, over I and love over it. and over I again. I love that. Like, yeah, that opening scene. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good film. So, I mean, these two together, we, we've got this idea mm-hmm. of that, that team coming together. Yeah. You know, that team... Um, while Tarantino is all about the story and driving things forward through ambience, through, through camera angles, through music, A-Team is just about in your face, action, 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 quip, 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 action, quip, quip, action, action, quip, action, quip, action, and the film. That's all it's about. (laughs) So, I mean, there's, there's nothing else much to it, but it's enjoyable. You know, if, if you like that, uh, that sticky sweet uh bad for you type of film it's not sticky sweet and like it's sweet yeah it's, just, yeah, it's not sweet <laughs> it's just like it's candy it's yeah. candy yeah it is what it is yeah it's it pure is sugar. yeah it's, it's gonna rot your brain but who cares? we pure like candy it. corn it's pure candy corn right like that's what it yeah. is 
Yeah. So that's what this is. So all it has a forty nine percent. The A team has a forty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it deserve forty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, it does. You think it does? You think it does? You don't. It think doesn't it's... have. I, I, reality is, it doesn't have much else going for it. And okay, see, it really. I I think it's banking off of uh um. It's supposed to be banking off of Liam Neeson and and Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Liam Neeson is Liam Neeson. You know what you're getting when you get Liam Neeson. Yeah. This is Bradley kind of like Cooper. the start. This is the start of his action phase, though, right? It's like right after yeah. Taken, right? So, mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper is charming. He's really, I mean, Bradley Cooper is an amazing actor. He's great. Uh, yeah. See, uh, Silver Lining Playbook. Here, I, I watched, I watched, Bradley. I watched the beginning of A Star Is Born the other night, yeah. and, I, and I couldn't finish watching it because, like, I cried like a baby the first time I watched. It. I've only seen it once because I can't, I can't rewatch that fucking movie. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> awesome. He's yeah. Bradley Cooper's amazing, but. That's what this film is going off of, and a little bit of that nostalgia with people. Yeah. The problem is, is that it bears only by name and characters any resemblance to the original. Okay. The basic premise is there, but the thing in the original TV show is, is that uh, they're all about helping people who have been wronged. Yeah. If you need help, you know, if you need you need somebody, call the A team. It is now, the idea that they're story. fugitives is yeah. still accurate. But this movie was about saving their own skin. Yeah. It wasn't about helping others as much. It's a lot of setup, so it, right? It's a lot of setup for it, the next movie. Yeah. Right? It that loses never happened. It. Yeah. There was no next movie. Even Liam Neeson has said, I watched it. I didn't know what was going on. Oh. I had no idea. <laughs> when Liam Neeson says that, you're like, mm, I'm out. Yeah, fair. You know, fair. I, I, it's fun. I and, love it. And the I, guys are yeah. fun for what they are. Yeah, I think I think it is an endlessly enjoyable, rewatchable movie. I think that like whether whether that means it's forty nine percent or whatever whatever percent that means, like this is why I kind of want to do this show, right? Like because like yeah. these movies, even though they're rotten, they're considered not great. Like like. It, there, there is something there. There is something there that is that is the great team dynamic and a great, a great, uh, great action. It's just a fun, action-filled movie, right? Like Tarantino has the it, substance. This is that's surprising to say, but like Tarantino, campy, it's campy action <laughs> yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we say campy action, yeah. and we say campy sometimes like it's a bad thing. But what if camp could be fun for the sake of camp? Mm. Right. So. What if I I suggest to you in honor of of losing one of the most '90s directors that have ever existed? <laughs> uh, you know, this week uh, we lost uh, uh, Joel Schumacher. Yes, we did. Say what you will about the man; he's made films that we still talk about today. Mm-hmm. Some of my uh, I will I will say some of my childhood favorite Batman movies. Yeah, in that. and so I thought it would be fun. If we put camp up against camp, hmm. we take really good recognized camp and put it up against camp that is not exactly liked. In fact, some would say is the film that almost killed Batman. What do you so got? I think we do 1966 Batman the movie up against Batman and Robin. Oh, camp against yes. camp. Oh man, you guys, you guys are in for a treat. I love Batman and Robin. Like, unironically love this movie. <laughs> this is this is like like I think it's I think it's a very good horrible movie. Like it is like I I acknowledge it, but it I can't wait. We have we have one you can minute. Be on we have, that all you want. I, I'm, yeah. 
We have one minute okay. until the till the recording runs out. I just thought I'd let you know you did time that perfectly, but but we are gonna we are gonna run out of space real quick here. So, Chris, yeah. thank you very yeah. much. So, you you sign off. You any last words that you have? Uh, I love Quentin Tarantino. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all. Have a great night. Thank you for joining us. See you next week. Bye.